welcome to Conversion Stories, where I share my conversations with members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints about their journeys to the church. I am your host, Joey Erickson. In today's episode, you will hear my conversation with Robin Crow. Her joy and testimony of Christ shines through as she talks about her search for answers. Hey, Robin. Hi, Joey. How are you this morning? I'm awake. <laughs> that is good. How are you? <laughs> good start. I'm doing great. Thank you. I really appreciate you sharing your story with us today. I'm excited to hear more about it. I got a little glimpse of it during our Relief Society activity, and I'm excited to, to get more in-depth. Okay. Get your shovel, girl. <laughs> All right. So why don't you start us off by introducing yourself? I am... Robin Renee Reimer Crow. Uh, I am 72 years old. I was born in Amarillo, Texas, and I've managed to migrate up to the Garden of Eden here in Maine five years ago. We are so grateful that you are here. We just love you so much. <laughs> I love you too, and I really love being here. I'm so glad. So at what age did you join the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? I was 21 years old. And what did your spiritual or religious life look like up to that point? I'm so grateful I had one. Uh, my family was not... Uh, an every week church going family, but sometimes even my aunt and uncle would take me or, um, you know, just a friend and, and, uh, we went to the Baptist church and it was, uh, where I learned about the savior, you know, where I learned to love singing hymns where I learned scripture stories, um, where I learned about the commandments, about where I, you know, what I needed to do in my life. And I wanted to be baptized. (laughs) And um, my cousin who was two years older than I am, uh, she was baptized. And she told me how wonderful and warm the water was. And that was just, sounded like magic to me. You know, I just loved warm water and I loved to go swimming and blah, 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 blah. But, or blah, 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 blah. And (laughs) then, uh, okay. Um, So I went through the process of, getting ready for baptism and I was six years old and I I guess I passed all the interview questions you know uh, and so I got to be baptized 
and it was warm, wonderful water. But as time went by, I didn't, I thought I needed to be baptized again, that I really didn't know what I was doing uh, way back then. And my motivation was, was not what it should have been. And there is a doctrine. I don't know if they still teach it in the Baptist church, but it was once saved, always saved. And I didn't feel like I had been saved. Okay. So uh, when I was a teenager, um, I just knew that I had to do that again. So I did. And it wasn't too long after that, that, you know, I realized that I was still a sinful person and I needed to be baptized again, I felt. Um, and this happened like three times. And then the next time <laughs> the preacher said, uh, no, you don't need to be rebaptized. You just need to uh, rededicate your life. And I, I just wasn't comfortable with that. I thought, well, how is that going to make me clean? You know, uh, and the, when we took the sacrament in that church, um, it was, I think it was either twice a year or quarterly. And about all that was said, you know, was that the Savior had asked us to do that in remembrance of him. And the grape juice was so sour and the little crackers were just dreadful but we did it anyway and I'm so grateful that today I know why we take the sacrament um, but that's that uh, started me on my search as um, time went by I um, you know in, in Texas back then you could get a driver's license when you were 14 years old and uh, so I did. Wow. And I, I was help. I was a help to my mom because she was a single parent and um, I could, we'd get everybody ready in the morning and I could take her to work and then take my brother to school and my sister to daycare. And then I would go to school. And uh, sometimes uh, I could, um, <clears throat> uh, sneak away and go visit other churches too. I couldn't let anybody know what I was doing, but I was looking, I was looking for answers that there was another thing that troubled me. Um, I can remember a Sunday school teacher telling us that uh, all the people who did not know about Christ, their sins would be on our heads if we didn't uh, go out and help them learn. So I could not understand why we were still sitting in that room, why we weren't out standing on street corners or, or knocking on doors or whatever, you know. Uh, and they seemed to have a negative, uh, I'm sure it wasn't everyone, they seemed to have a negative viewpoint of other uh, denominations, and particularly the Catholics, Um and I had an aunt that I adored who was Catholic. And so I, I couldn't understand that either. <laughs> so, um, so that was another thing. But 
I, I want to say what a wonderful bunch of people I did go to church with. They were good Christians. They did love the Lord. They worshiped the Lord. Um, they read the Bible. And I loved their singing. That was just such a delight to me. And I still remember the songs I learned there as a little girl. And uh, my mom uh, could remember songs from her childhood too and she would sing them and of course they were very different from what I had learned and except for Jesus loves me and uh, it it was not a bad experience I just had questions that couldn't seem to be answered you know I would ask but I was never satisfied with the answer so as I began to visit other churches once again lovely people in the congregations um they worshiped Christ. They believed in Christ. They uh, taught his doctrines. And, um, you know, but there would still be some of the same questions and sometimes different questions. Well, as I grew older, I even went to some hippie meditation groups, you know, looking for answers and didn't find them there either. There was this one group and the meditation just put me right to sleep and I nearly fell out of my chair but <laughs> anyway uh, so eventually I just gave up and um, I just thought well not going to find the answer I've looked and uh, a few years later I remember these two young men knocking on our door and I happened to be the only one at home at the time. And um, they told me why they were there or whatever. And I know today that they were missionaries from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But I did just what my mother would have done. I hollered, no, thank you, and slammed the door. Mm. Well, <laughs> I've... I've I could almost feel hands on my shoulders pushing me to open that door again. But I, my neck was too stiff and I would not do it. And I wonder what, how different my life might have been if I had been able to uh, listen to them at that time. But it was uh, many years later before I could. I was, I was in high school then, but... Um, it wasn't till, oh gosh, I guess I'd been in college a couple years, and, and then I took a year off and moved to Denver with my hippie friends, and that, I, you know, I just, that was not good. Uh, they talk about those days being full of love and peace. Well, there wasn't. <laughs> you know, it was just dreadful, and uh, the... I know a lot of people had a lot of fun during that era, but uh, it, it just didn't sit well with me. And uh, I got a job. And unfortunately, the friends that I had moved with, uh, to my shock and horror, uh, started using heroin. And they didn't have jobs. They just got on food stamps and blah, 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 blah. And one of them had a grandmother that was helping pay the rent for everybody and so I had to go back to Texas uh, and I just 
so I did. <laughs> you know, I went back to Texas and uh, really had still given up on my search. And then I got a job as a waitress at the International House of Pancakes. Um, my boss was a member of the church. He was the owner, manager of the franchise. And he and his wife and th their three children went to church. Well, I didn't know this. But he did have the missionaries come into the restaurant and he gave them a big discount on their meals. Uh, and I just noticed that one of them was awfully cute. <laughs> so <laughs> I talked to him one day and I said, you know, that guy over there is so good looking. I wish you would introduce me to him. And he said, well, you know that those guys don't date. And I said, well, what's wrong with them? And he said, well, they're missionaries from my church and uh, they don't date while they're on their missions. And he said, but would you like to know more? And I said, oh, sure. You know, couldn't pass up that opportunity. So uh, because I uh, just knew that that would be a chance to get to know this guy, you know. So I took the lessons, the the pancake houses back then had uh, attics where they stored flour and I mean, pancake mix and all kinds of things up there, supplies, you know. And I really felt sorry for the people that had to haul them up there. They were big bags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but the missionaries and I uh, sat up in that attic and had the discussions. Um, and they answered my questions. All those questions that I had for all those years, they answered. And um, then they asked me to pray. And I was really shy about doing that. Uh, but I knew how to pray because I had been praying my whole life. Usually it was when I was in trouble or, uh, you know, frightened or whatever it was. You know, that would get me praying. And Oh, I just want to back up one second. I had the best family. I had the best influence. I had this Christ-like grandmother um, who was uh, kind of, um, she was very sociable with the family, but she was uh, uncomfortable being around a lot of other people. But that woman was such a good example to me of how to live a Christ-like life. And my parents you know, my mom prayed and, and my dad went to church too. And, oh, he loved to sing. And that was just so fun. But some, as I got older, I would get embarrassed that he would sing so loudly. But uh, anyway, so I'm going to go. But I, I just, and my aunt and uncle, oh my goodness, my aunt, my aunts and uncles, wonderful Christian people, wonderful examples for me. They were absolutely human and subject to all the foibles of mortality, but their love, their Christ-like love always showed through to me. So here I am speaking to the missionaries years later, and they asked me to pray. Um, and I don't even remember why they asked me to pray, but I didn't want to say no, because that would be rude. And so I bowed my head and uh, 
I prayed. And Joey, um, I don't expect anyone to believe this, but my eyes were closed. But I felt like the entire room lit up. And I also, I also felt like I shouldn't open my eyes, you know, that, that I should just keep praying. And so I did. And I still get um, a little emotional when I think about that experience. Um, and eventually I finished the prayer and I opened my eyes, but something had changed for me. I didn't know what it was at the time. But today I know it was the Holy Spirit had visited me. And I had learned that what the missionaries were teaching me was true. That Heavenly Father and the Savior and the Holy Spirit had reached out to me in my need to know and blessed me with the gospel of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the restored gospel. Um, and... Then uh, one day the missionaries took me to church, not a church service, you know. They just took me to the building and showed me around. And it was small. It was a pretty good-sized ward at one time. But when the Air Force Base moved out of town, uh, the congregation just dropped down to branch level, more or less, you know. But... They took me into the children's room, the primary room, and I just felt something in there. And then I noticed this little small podium, and I said, what's that for? And they told me that it was where the children would uh, read a scripture or say a prayer or give a little talk. And I said, what? The kids? talk <laughs> they said yes and I just remembered that scripture you know train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it I've since learned that it takes some of us a lot longer to become old you know but there's still hope so I was just enamored with that and i i started going to church um and but um and i enjoyed it very much i was kind of shy you know and there was no one my age attending um the i was 21 and the closest people to my age were uh there were two seniors in high school and but i decided i wanted to be baptized um, and so I went um, to a quiet place. It was kind of like the penthouse of this apartment building that I lived in. And it was an old building. And it, nobody ever vacuumed or picked up in there, you know, but it was quiet. And nobody ever went up there <laughs> as far as I knew. And so I, uh, I went up there to pray to have my uh, to get a confirmation that what I I wanted to do was the right thing to do well I thought an angel would come just like he did to Joseph Smith but that didn't happen um, but I still felt like it was the right thing to do 
And at the time, um, there were there were some of the uh, principles that troubled me too. For instance, um, the priesthood not, was not available to all members at that time. Um, I mean, all male members at that time. And that really troubled me. But I still felt like it was the right thing to do. So I did. And I was baptized and confirmed on March the 13th, which was a Friday the 13th. But I feel like it was the luckiest day of my life. And I came up out of the water and knew that I had done the right thing. And so as I started my life as a member of the church, um, my family was quite hostile against the decision that I'd made. And um, <laughs> because that just, you know, didn't sit well with these diehard uh, denominationalists, you know, that, that were in my family. And it, um, and eventually my mother, uh, she, she knew I had the missionaries come teach her too, because I was so excited about this, but she wasn't interested at the time. And, but she told me years later, she knew it was true at that point. She just didn't want to give up smoking and drinking. And so she didn't. And that was such a sore point with her that she thought it'd be better if I left. And I hated to leave my little brother and sister because um, it was a pretty um, eh, abusive home, you know. And uh, But I did. And my little brother was baptized. Um, and then my little sister was too young. But they, uh, uh, shortly after that, my mother married uh, someone else who was an Episcopalian. So they all went to the Episcopalian church. And my little brother just cried and cried and cried about that. But he, um, uh, he um, never went back to the church. He uh, um, married a woman. And they have gone to the Methodist church ever since then. And he raised his children in that faith and they're good people. So we'll see what happens with that later. Um, but I, I, so I'm starting out as a new member of the church and they give me a calling. Okay. So they ask me to lead the music for the teenagers. You know, they had a meeting on Wednesday night, I think it was. And that was just like asking me to uh, walk through fire. Uh, <laughs> you know, because, I mean, I love to sing and blah, 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 blah. But I just didn't want to stand up in front of people and wave my arm around and pretend that I knew what I was doing. And so that was really difficult. But I, I went ahead and did it for a while. And uh, as time went by, this is the sad part of the story. Um, I just slowly but surely returned to the life I'd been living before I joined the church. And within nine months, I was completely uh, 
inactive. And I met my husband and uh, we got married and I really, and, and, you know, people would come over um, from the church uh, to visit, you know, and, and I just thought, why are you doing this? You know, but um, eventually, I mean, very shortly after that, I became pregnant with my son. And uh, when he was, let's see, how old was he? Uh, Okay, so he was six months old, and we moved to Austin, Texas. But when he was born, I wanted to have him blessed, but I just couldn't make myself do it. But when we got to Austin, I thought, I'm going back to church. And I'm going to, I want my son to be raised in the gospel. I want him to have answers to the questions that I couldn't get answers for. And so we started going back, or I started going back and taking him with me. And then uh, four children later, you know, we're still doing that, but my husband and I divorced. And after 13 years, and so. I can remember sitting on the bench uh, in church on Sundays and it was, it just meant so much to me. Now, sometimes, you know, oh, my husband never went. He went to a couple of scout functions for our our sons, but uh, he never wanted to go to church. He took the lessons and you're not going to believe this. (laughs) Okay. But he, in the middle of the third discussion, he said, I'm going to go to the bathroom. So he did. But he never came back. And that oh. fellow, yeah, he crawled out the window. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he, you know, always allowed us to go. And, and uh, but uh, he just wasn't interested. So, um, uh, where was I? I don't remember. Oh, yeah going back to church. Uh, but I can remember a special, you know, when, when the kids were younger, it's really hard to wrangle four little kids uh, when you're the only one sitting on the bench with them, as a bishop's wife would know. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but as they got a little bit older, you know, it was such a special time. We could sit on the bench and I had two of the kids on one side of me and two of the kids on the other side. And I just had them in a mama gorilla hug, you know, and it felt so good to be there. It felt so good to be uh, having my to have my children with me and that they were being taught the gospel. And they all wanted to be baptized. And they were uh, as they became uh, teenagers. Uh, and young adults, they uh, did the same thing I did. You know, they went back to their, uh, to, well, it was new for them, you know, but they went on in a different lifestyle uh, and uh, are still there today. But I have infinite hope for them. If Heavenly Father could reach out to me in that little bitty podunk town, <laughs> You know, and, you know, just 
and give me such a huge blessing and answer my questions and give me membership in an incredible family of saints. He can do it for anyone. And I'm so grateful that um, those kids were taught because I know that the Holy Spirit can bring everything they were taught back to them whenever they're willing to listen again. And they all loved going to a church, but, um, you know, there's uh, some special problems in my family. Uh, four of my five kids have bipolar depression and or bipolar disorder. And that has, I think that had a whole lot to do with it. So, but they're good people. They're all uh, functioning in the world. And one of them uh, is the music leader at a Unitarian Universalist church on Sundays now. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I love that. So uh, meanwhile, back to that little primary room that we went to, I I have loved serving in primary ever since I, I didn't get to serve in primary until after we had moved to Austin, you know, but then I did. And, uh, but I have just adored working with the children and uh, teaching, helping them learn the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, and especially through music. It's a wonderful program and it does make leaders, you know, and, what I've noticed in recent years is that the children that are being born now are so different from the children that I taught years ago. Um, they have a strength and a sense of self uh, that, you know, I, I didn't see so much of back then. They, they know who they are. They know what they want. They know how to get it. And, um, even the the shy, meek little children are no pushovers. You know, they, they're they very strong. And I've, I've been so impressed with that. Okay, it's your turn to talk for a minute. <laughs> well, I was just thinking how when I was the nursery leader, my favorite part was you coming in and doing music with those little ones that just <laughs> made my day. <laughs> you are so that cute was- with them. <laughs> That was so fun, um, you know, and I got to do it again Sunday. I don't get to do that uh, anymore, but I showed your daughters all the tools and said, these are in the primary closet. You come get them whenever you want. And and, and they were just singing right along with me. And they had the best time. <laughs> so- <laughs> I love it. I'm so glad yeah. that they get to be in nursery. That's just so fun. Yeah. I know. Oh, I'm going to tell you one more thing in my conversion story. Okay. Uh, So uh, a few years after my divorce, I had moved uh, back to Amarillo. Uh, It was, it was so expensive, the cost of living in Austin. And it was cheaper in Amarillo. And I had family there and, I needed that support, and so I went back up there and uh, made preparations to go to the temple 
and oh, what a life changer. You know, I just, I love going to the temple and I love family history work. I remember one time we were at a, a family gathering. Um, my uh, extended family, and I don't remember what it was. And so my mother said, oh, yeah, Robin uh, goes to the temple and does um, baptisms for dead people. <laughs> and, and, of course, eyebrows went way up and eyes bugged out, you know, but, and I was going, mom, but she loved family history too. And eventually she did join the church. Um, she uh, was able to uh, stop smoking and stop drinking. And uh, she was a great member of the church uh, for a short time. Um, she, uh, had an accident I think it was a car wreck yeah and she just came quite disabled uh, mm. from that and uh, and her husband did not like the church and uh, you know really didn't support her in doing that but uh, if it hadn't been for her I wouldn't have had all the success in family history that I have you know because she loved her family and she made sure that we got their stories and I'm I'm so grateful to know those stories that is so great and I I love that your mom because it did sound like when she took the discussion she said that she you know she believed the church Uh was Uh true but just at that time just couldn't couldn't bring herself to join so that's that's neat that she she did come to that point yes and after she died I uh, was able to uh, go to the temple and and do the ordinance work for her I bet that was a sweet sweet experience it was it really was so and it was interesting to me also when um, uh you know, our youth group went to the temple to do baptisms and uh, my father's work was being done, you know, and and the the man that uh, went into the water for him looked just like him and he was the same size. And just, wow. You know, it just that was so interesting. Of course, it made me cry. Uh, tears of joy and stuff, you know, but um, that was really sweet to me. The temple is the place where I've learned so much about the depth of Heavenly Father's love for each one of us as individuals and how he really wants us to come back home to him. And he makes a way for that to happen. Absolutely. So as um, I'm just thinking about other members of the church that may be in your position at this point where you're an older member and living on your own with no kids what what is life like in the church for you today oh it's wonderful I you know when we first when COVID happened and uh, we 
stopped going to meetings in church. That was so hard, you know, but uh, because I absolutely adore being with the saints, uh, whether it's a sacrament meeting or a state conference or whatever it is, you know, I, there's just this electricity that I feel. I love being with the saints and uh, they're the same. Everywhere I've gone, except I think the ones here, you know, just might have an edge on being special. Okay. <laughs> so I love these people. Anyway, and uh, they've been so good to me, you know. Um, and I don't feel alone. Um, I'm in contact with all of my children but one. And... Um, the, you know, it's it's just all worth it. Now, granted, when we had been out of meetings for so long, it was kind of hard to come back. You know? Yeah, <laughs> to get back into that routine. But I, uh, I really enjoyed the Zoom meetings. Those were so sweet. And now that we're back, oh, my life feels complete again. And. You miss those kids. I, oh, yeah. I miss those <laughs> and kids. And they miss you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we are just having a great time playing catch up a little bit, you know, and, and uh, getting ready for our sacrament meeting presentation. And, uh, but I, there are the sweetest little old ladies and some of the sweetest little old men around. And, you know, when I was younger, like I went to a lot of singles conferences in different places, but, um, and they were, they were fun, you know, like a little vacation or something, but uh, it just, you know, I know that Heavenly Father has a plan for me and I have loved being old. Uh, I have a better perspective on things than I've ever had in my entire life um it's just beautiful to be old now the aches and pains and the disabilities you know eh, I, that just comes with the territory but I wouldn't trade it for anything um and it uh I just feel closer to home now than I ever have so even though I don't have the the traditional family picture, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, for the record, I don't think you're old. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, you know, that I think, Not yeah, old. I, uh, you know, when I said train up a child in the way he's going, he should go and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Well, I, I've never grown up, Jody. I've never done it. I keep trying, but I've never done it. That's what we love about you. You are just so (laughs) sweet. And I just think you get along with the kids so well because you just have that energy of a child (laughs) still. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing to witness. Yeah. It's actually ADHD, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I found out about that when I was... Yeah, yeah, but uh, I found out about that when I was 55. You know, I don't take the medicine anymore, but uh, uh, one good thing about it for me is 
I get distracted so easily. I can never stay upset for long. I can never be angry for long. Uh, you know, you can smash my face with a coconut pie and, uh, in just a little while, you know, I'll be laughing. <laughs> okay, so, it's so funny. Yeah. Well, do you mind ending um, with your testimony? No, that that would be great, Joey, and anyone else who listens to this. I want you to know that I know. That I have a father in heaven. I know that he loves me. I know that I have an older brother, my savior, who was willing to do all that it took to be able to help me to become able to return to them. After my life is over here, and oh, what a joyous day that's going to be. Um, they continually reach out to me. They give me their thoughts and their feelings and their love through the scriptures, through my friends in the church, um, through the lessons that are taught there and through the service activities that we participate in. And I feel like the luckiest girl in the whole world. And I know that he feels that way about, that they feel that way about every single soul that's ever been born into this earth. He loves us enough to give us prophets and apostles and other incredible leaders to help us stay on the path and to reach higher than we could ever reach on our own um, to become more like Christ. It's a blessing beyond description. It's a, a, a joy that can't be contained. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I am so grateful that Robin made her way to Maine. She is so fun and brings such joy to our ward. You can see a picture of Robin by visiting Conversion Stories Podcast on Instagram. If you would like to learn more about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you can visit churchofjesuschrist.org. If you would like to share your conversion story, you can reach me at Conversion Stories Podcast at gmail.com. I look forward to talking with you and sharing your story.